0: Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm Jack Baca, and it's a privilege to welcome you to this worship of the Village Church. It occurs to me on this Daylight Saving Sunday, when all of us were meant to have moved our clocks an hour ahead, that none of us is going to be late for worship today. Isn't that a great blessing? Wherever you may be and whatever time you are joining for worship, we're glad to have you. Let me remind you of just a couple of things as we prepare to worship. You can be in touch with us using the addresses printed on your screen to communicate about prayer and other concerns or to send in your generous financial giving. We have many mission service opportunities coming up in the next few weeks with our local partners here in the San Diego area with New Day and the San Diego Rescue Mission and Interfaith Community Services. Let me encourage you to go to the website or check out the emails that we send in the middle of the week to learn more details. Holy Week and Easter are only a few weeks away now, and in addition to all of the regular worship services and celebration opportunities we have to celebrate the resurrection of Christ, let me mention this special new activity. We are having a Good Friday Way of the Cross Prayer Walk. From 3 to 5 in the afternoon on Good Friday, we invite you to come and to visit seven way stations that will help you to remember and reflect on events in the Passion of Christ. You may walk through these stations at your own pace and pray and reflect and think about what Jesus has done for us. Again, there's more information on the website. We have a beautiful backdrop uh, today with us, a wonderful, wonderful display of flowers that is a gift from Bobby Capon in memory of her dear mom, Helen Downey, on the occasion of Helen's death and resurrection three years ago. So, friends, let's take a moment now to focus our hearts, to open our minds, and to bring our souls before the living God in worship. And let's do so as we are called to worship in these words of the 84th Psalm. How lovely is your dwelling place, O Lord of hosts! My soul longs, indeed it fates, for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh sing for joy to the living God. Even the sparrow finds a home, And the swallow a nest for herself where she may lay her young at your altars, O Lord of hosts, my King and my God. Happy are those who live in your house, ever singing your praise. Happy are those whose strength is in you, in whose heart are the highways to Zion. Friends, let's worship the living God.
1: In confession, admitting to God all that keeps our hearts from being at peace, we are invited to confess our sins and be assured of God's forgiveness through Christ our Lord. Please join me in a prayer of confession. God of all seasons, in your pattern of things, there is a time for keeping and a time for losing, a time for building up and a time for pulling down. In this holy season of Lent, as we journey with our Lord to the cross, help us to discern in our lives what we must lay down and what we must take up, what we must end and what we must begin. Give us grace to lead a disciplined life in glad obedience and with joy, which comes from a closer walk with Christ, in whom we offer this prayer to you. Amen. Hear now these words of assurance. This is a trustworthy saying, worthy of full acceptance. Christ came into the world to save sinners. Know that you are forgiven and thus go out into the world and love and serve others. Alleluia. Amen. Now may the peace of Christ be with you. Share that peace with all those around you and look for ways to share it throughout the whole world. Amen.
2: Rose and conquered the grave. Jesus
3: conquered great. grave.
2: My God is mighty to save.
4: morning kids village and welcome back to your kids message for this morning we're going to continue talking about patience and one way that we can learn patience is by studying our memory verse your memory verse this month comes from the book of psalms and it's chapter 27 verse 14 and i'm going to read it from my bible here at home so go ahead and follow along your verse says wait for the lord be strong and take heart and wait for the lord there's so much that goes around patience and as christians we believe that having patience in our relationship with god really allows him to move and work things out for our best interest so it's not about us controlling every situation and getting everything that we want right when we want it. We want God to have room in our lives to be able to work in all of his mighty ways. We are so excited to continue this month with you all and we are preparing in Kids Village for next month. We're gonna be having our extravaganza online event. But what does that mean for you all this morning? If you are not on our delivery list for what we did in the past, which is Halloween and Valentine's Day, please let us know and we will go ahead and get you on our list because for Easter, we're going to be delivering Easter baskets. There's going to be all kinds of goodies inside these baskets, along with the items that you will need for the extravaganza online story time with Pastor Jack. So if you'd like to be on that list, go ahead and let us know. And we look forward to continuing through this whole next month with you all. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye.
2: I'm not a warrior. I'm too afraid to lose. I feel unqualified for what you're calling me to do. But Lord, with your strength, I've got no excuse. It's broken people are exactly who you use. So give me faith like Daniel. took a shepherd boy and made him a king so I'm gonna trust you and give you everything I'll be a conqueror cause you'll fight for me I'll be a champion claiming your victory I can face my giants with confidence. I'm gonna sing and shout and shake the walls. Won't stop until I see them fall. I'm gonna stand up, step out when you call. Jesus, Jesus. I'm gonna sing and shout and shake the walls. Won't stop until I see them fall. I'm gonna stand up, step out when you call. Jesus. In the lion's den Give me hope like Moses In the wilderness Give me a heart like David Lord, be mighty defense, So I can face my giants With confidence
1: We are invited each week to join our hearts together in praying for each other, praying for the world, thanking God for all that God has done. I will lead us in a pastoral prayer and then invite you to join me in the Lord's Prayer. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, Be with us this morning as we find ourselves well into the season of Lent and turn our eyes to the horizon and the coming of Easter. Help us to see this as a journey to cast away our struggles and our doubts in hopes of receiving you more fully into our lives. We ask that you make this Lent a season where we find our way out of darkness and find our way back to you a season that moves us from sorrow to great joy, each day leaning on you for peace and presence that you bring to our lives. Let us be true in our devotions we give to you this season. Today, we raise the names of our friends, family, and neighbors that grieve. We pray that they keep their trust in you strong. Remind us of your promise to stand with us or for us when we hurt. Your promise is to heal our hearts when they break. Let us feel your presence again during this time of Lent. We pray in the season for the whole world and all the anguish, injustices, and fears that prevail in so much turmoil. We lift up Myanmar and pray peace and justice. We pray for Argentinians and their struggle with so much unemployment. Our nation needs you, Lord. We lift up our neighbors in the Southwest who are in a severe drought. And we also lift up, Lord, those who struggle just to have enough food on the table. We lift the work of justice and pray to so, Lord. Keep us at peace with one another and let us lean on your righteousness to do the work that is before us. We pray that the church continues to grow and embraces its role as a life changer and life saver to our communities. Help us to find the opportunity to pray for its leaders, its pastors, its ministries, and its future. Remind us that in your church, there is a home for each of us and a role for each of us to play. Help us to hear your call for us during this Lenten season. We ask that for each of those we have raised in prayer that you provide a person of faith to be with them in their journey and their struggle. Help us to become to others those people who are willing to risk everything to be the face of Jesus for others. Teach us to risk this Lenten season. We raise these prayers to you, our Father, whose Son, our Savior, taught us to pray as we join together praying. Our Father, who art in heaven,
5: Let us begin our time in the scriptures with a prayer for illumination. Please join me in prayer. Living God, help us so to hear your holy word that we may truly understand, that understanding we may believe, and believing we may follow in all faithfulness and obedience, seeking your honor and glory in all that we do. Through Christ our Lord, Amen. A reading from the Gospel of Luke. A dispute arose among them as to which one of them was to be regarded as the greatest. But he said to them, the king of the Gentiles lorded over them, and those in authority over them are called benefactors. But not so with you. Rather, the greatest among you must become like the youngest and the leader like the one who serves. For who is greater, the one who is at the table or the one who serves? Is it not the one at the table? But I am among you as the one who serves. Now a reading from the letter to the Romans. I. And acceptable and perfect. We have gifts that differ according to the grace given us. The leader in diligence, the word of the Lord.
0: All of us have been thinking in these last few days about the fact that we have been living through a pandemic for a year now. And as I'm thinking about those things, I'm thinking especially about those who have lost their lives and those who have lost their loved ones. Those are the ones to whom my heart goes out the most, and I'm sure yours does as well. I'm thinking about first responders and those in the medical community, especially those who have risked their own lives to care for those who are ill. And I would remind you that at the end of this video, there is a long list of those who are part of our broader congregational life who are on the front lines in many different ways. And even though we've been looking at that list for a year now, we need to keep praying for them and appreciating what they do. I'm thinking as well about all the many people in the leadership of our church and in the membership of our church who because of their courage and their stamina and their generosity and their creativity and their faithfulness have helped our church to continue its ministry and its life, not just for the sake of our church as a community of faith, but for the sake of all the people who are touched by our ministries, including ourselves. I want to say a word of appreciation to all of you. There's no time to list all the things that you've done, and all the people that you are, but you know who you are. So, thank you. I'm thinking as well, of course, as you are, about the faith that we share and the truth that we seek to learn and the Savior whom we seek to follow every day of our lives. And as we continue our worship, I want us to focus on the two scripture passages that were read a few moments ago. First of all, that one from Luke. Now let's step away just a little bit from the fact that this story occurs in the Bible. And let's just put ourselves into it in sort of a human fashion, if you will. All of us, I'm sure, have sat around the dinner table, visiting after the dishes have been cleared, or or maybe as we're still eating. And all of us know what it's like to get into an argument with the people that are eating there with us. That's what Luke tells us about. Jesus and the disciples are sitting at a table. In fact, it's the table at which Jesus will later share the sacramental meal. No matter what the context, no matter what the occasion, the disciples were just human beings, and and Luke says they got into a dispute. Well, let's face it, Luke says they got into an argument. Now, we don't know if it turned into a knock-down, drag-out kind of brawl. I don't see it that way, but, but it was an argument, and the argument was about this question. Who is the greatest among us? We've learned from the stories of the scriptures that at least some of the disciples had it in the back of their minds that Jesus was soon going to become the leader of the nation of Israel. And they as his closest friends, they as the ones who had supported him, those as the ones who had had been with him in his ministry, uh, those who had given to his political campaign and carried his baggage for him, were no doubt in line to get some positions in the cabinet. And so they argued. Who's going to get the best positions? Who's going to become powerful and famous and maybe even rich and admired because we're close to Jesus? Now, maybe you've never been in that specific kind of argument, but we know what it's like to wonder about just where we are in the pecking order of things and to worry about how we're going to get a little bit higher I like to think that the Jesus sat there for a while, simply eating and drinking and listening to the argument as it unfolded. Luke tells the story with just a couple of sentences. And as he tells about the argument, he says, But Jesus said to them. There's one of my favorite theological words again. But Jesus said to them. But it is not so with you, he said. He reminded them about how in the world of the Gentiles, everything was about scrambling to the top, getting to be the the leader, and having all of the rights and privileges appertaining thereunto. Jesus said to them, it is not so with you. And then he reminded, but I am. Am among you as one who serves. I like to think that that had a way of shutting down the conversation, or at least turning it in a new direction. There he is, Jesus, their acknowledged leader, who will become their leader in a way that they've never really envisioned in just a few days. But I am among you as one who serves. Shall we admit that in many ways in the last year, we have been living through more than an unusual crisis in leadership. In the pandemic, we have turned here, we've turned there to to find leaders who would help us understand what's going on and help us know how to get through. In the current political situation, we've, we've looked everywhere for leaders who would help us understand and get through. Leadership is an important question in all of human society. You and I are in the midst of a series of sermons, series of messages, a series of, of, of times of thinking together and learning together from the Scripture about what I have called Jesus' way in a wayward world, our wayward world, our waywardness one that we share with every other human being on the planet. What is Jesus' way that leads us forward through our waywardness? Paul, as he wrote to the Romans, reminded us that we who know Jesus and we who follow Jesus look forward to having our our minds transformed and our lives renewed. We have committed to learn a new way of Not just thinking and believing, but a new way of living in the world. A way that that follows Jesus. A way that models after Jesus. A way of humility and unity and generosity. A way of truth-telling and learning. That's what we're about as Christians. You might say that we are interested in being transformed into true greatness After the one who said that my way among you is the way of service. Now, I realize that in some ways, when we talk about leadership, we we have a hard time understanding leadership as having anything to do with religion or spirituality. We think of leaders as those who simply put themselves forward because they want to be number one or they want to be admired, they want to have power, whatever. And sometimes maybe we have a hard time connecting religious values, spiritual values, the Savior with the business of leadership. But leadership is an important topic. It's a vital topic throughout all of the scriptures. It is a religious and spiritual and even Christian issue. And so let's think about leadership, not just because Paul mentions it in his letter to the Romans, but because it is an issue throughout all of the scriptures. For instance, in the book of Acts, we are told that the Holy Spirit has made some to be overseers. That's the language that's used. God himself calls people to become leaders. So leadership must be important to God. In the book of Hebrews, the early Christians were reminded to look at the fruits of, in the lives of those who wanted to be their leaders and those who were their leaders, and then follow the leaders who were living good lives. You see, the fact of leadership and the spirituality of leadership, if you will, is something that is simply presumed and accepted in the scriptures. And so you and I have a responsibility as Christians and an opportunity to learn about leadership from our Savior, from the God who teaches us about life in the Scriptures. And so what I really want to say today is just one thing. And here it is. Wake up and pay attention. The act of Christian leadership is actually an expression of all the other Christian virtues that are summarized in a way in the word service, and they are best observed and learned in the life of Jesus. Now let me say that again, because I want that to seep into your souls for a moment. The act of Christian leadership, is an expression of all the other Christian virtues that are summarized in that word service, and we best observe them, we best learn them, in the life of Jesus. Now, I'm not talking only about leadership in the church. I realize that when we say that word Christian leadership that maybe we automatically think of, well, that we're talking about how to lead in the church, right? In a religious context. Well, certainly we are talking about that. But God was not interested in just making a great church and letting the rest of the world go by the wayside. Jesus was here not to save the church. Jesus was here to save the whole world. And so everything that we talk about in terms of Christian leadership means that we must also talk about all other forms, all other venues of leadership. Let's think about this a little bit more. Let's think about what we know or what we experience in the world's way of thinking about leadership. Now, I realize we're going to draw a pretty sharp contrast here between the world's way and Jesus' way, and I don't do this to condemn the world, but I do mean to do this as a way of holding up the ways of the world that do not work, the ways of the world that are not the ways of Christ. Let me give you an illustration of the ways of the world before we start talking in more philosophical ways, okay? I started asking myself as I prepared to preach this sermon, what are some symbols of leadership in the world today? Well, you can talk about a mace and a scepter or or maybe special clothing or flags. There are all different kinds of symbols of leadership. But but one of the the ways that we can understand the the world understands leadership is expressed actually in, in this chessboard right here. Think about that. In in a chessboard, you have a whole lot of little pieces like this, the pawns. They're expendable. They're little. They don't get to move very far on a chessboard. Most people in the world are pawns. But then you've got some other pieces on the chessboard. And they have increasing levels of power and importance in the game. The rook and the knight and the bishop and then, ah, you begin to get to the two biggest pieces, the two most elaborate pieces on a chessboard, the king and the queen. Now, we know that in the real world, sometimes the queen actually has more power than the king. And if there is no king, then the queen gets to rule and the person married to the queen is a prince. And I don't understand a whole lot about royalty and monarchy and all that stuff because I grew up in the U.S., At any rate, we understand what this game is about, and it's not just a game. It's a game that comes from the real world. If you want to be a chess piece, what do you want to be? Me? I kind of like the idea of the power and the protection and the prestige of being the king. All right, so much for chess. Let's think about worldly worldly leadership. In the way of looking at leadership in the world, leaders are those who, when they go away from God, they impose their own will on everybody else for the sake of their own purposes. Leaders say, follow me. Go the way that I want to go. In the way of thinking of leadership in the world, leaders wield their own power. And they're all about the business of accumulating power. Worldly leadership is all about seeking your own glory and your prestige and your honor as a way of consolidating your power, as a way of getting your way. Leaders too often provide for their own comfort and security. That's what it's all about. I want to rise to the top. Who cares about what happens to people at the bottom? Those are some aspects and characteristics of leadership in the way that the world thinks about leadership and in our experience of leaders, that I would propose to you are not the way of Christ and not the way that God would have his leaders act. What is redeemed leadership? What is leadership in the way of Christ? Well, there are many ways to describe that, but as Paul writes to the Romans, he says, those who exercise their gift of leadership should do so with diligence. I like that word diligence. I looked it up because even though I think I know the definition of some words, it's always good to go back to some other person or some other authority, the dictionary, and see what they say. Well, Here's one definition of diligence. Diligence is steady, earnest, and energetic effort devoted and painstaking work and application to accomplish an undertaking. Oh, I like that. That's good stuff. But you know that you can be devoted and and diligent and engage in painstaking work for the wrong reasons. Simple diligence doesn't get it. Diligence is required if you're ever going to do anything well, if you're going to be a good leader, but there's more to it than that. Christian leadership, leadership that follows after the way of Christ, is leadership that seeks to, well, let's think about some words, maybe these words from Micah. Leadership that seeks to do justice and to love kindness and to walk humbly with God. Christian leadership, the way that Jesus exercised leadership, was to share his power and to use his power for the good of everyone. In the middle of his ministry, Jesus said to 70 of his disciples, Hey folks, go out and try this stuff for yourselves. Share the power of God with everyone. It doesn't have to be all about me. Christian leadership in the way of Christ cares nothing Nothing at all about glory or prestige or honor and says, I want to be number one. I want to ride in the big jet. I want to have the big cars. Jesus didn't seek that, did he? No. Jesus went to the cross. Christian leadership is willing to risk its own comfort and security for the greater good, even to give it up for the greater good. Think about some contemporary examples. Now there are no perfect leaders in the world, but let me just offer a few examples from of late of those who I think are following in the way of Christ, whether they would say that or not. The Pope recently went to Iraq so that he could support and encourage the Christians there and then also say to the Christians and all the others who are there, the Sunnis and the Shias and the Yazidis. Hey, why don't we all try to get along with each other? That's leadership. There are physicians and other scientists around the world who've been trying to lead the world in, in terms of finding cures for disease and in the midst of great disinformation and disarray in the whole system, they've been working to lead us. Earlier this week, I I saw a couple of photos on the ABC website that sort of highlighted for me, if you will, a stark contrast between the way the world thinks about those who lead, those who influence the world, if you will. Both of the photos were of women, primarily, from the back. The first one showed a long line of luxury cars parked in what looked to be a a street in Paris, and a a beautiful fashion model walking between those cars, strutting her stuff. It, it, it It was a beautiful picture, a beautiful model, someone who was expressing the values of the world, all about beauty and wealth and power, influencing us in that direction. The other photo was of another woman, again from the back. On the other side of the woman were not beautiful luxury cars, but five police officers in Myanmar getting ready to attack protesters. And the woman was a nun, kneeling down, holding her arms out, imploring them not to attack the protesters i was struck by the the opposition of those two images the, the difference of those two images i'm not against beauty or fashion or even wealth for that matter but what i am for is against those who will influence the world towards peace and service and justice Those who will forget about their own beauty and prestige and power in order to serve the purposes of God in the world. Now, I'm not a nun. I'm certainly not a fashion model. You probably aren't either. What can we do? What can we do to influence the world, to lead the world, to help the world? Well, I think there are several things that you and I as Christians need to do, regardless of what our position is. We need to find new leaders. We need to encourage new leaders. We need to nurture new leaders. We need to look at our existing leaders and we need to encourage them. We need to pray for them. We need to offer words that help them. Maybe sometimes words that challenge. We need to be the kinds of followers who follow good leaders, not bad leaders. We need to be the kinds of people that good leaders can actually lead somewhere rather than calling forth the worst in our leaders. We need to pray for our leaders. And then sometimes we need to ask, God, are you calling me to be a leader? God doesn't call everyone to leadership, but God does call some. When we deny that call, then we deny God. And we deny the goodness that God wants to offer through our leadership. Now, let me warn you, if you want to be a leader, leadership is not all lollipops and puppies. True leadership is leadership that follows the way of Christ, who gave himself up for us all. Pray with me. Lord, bless us with great leaders who are learning the ways of the only one truly worthy to lead, Jesus. And bless us as followers of those who lead, That we might be willing to go where they lead to go where christ leads us all amen
1: having heard the word read and proclaimed let us now join together and affirm our faith christ jesus though he was in the form of god did not regard equality with god as something to be exploited but emptied himself Jesus is Lord.
5: Amen.
0: king, or a pawn, which would you rather be? As for me, as for you, as for we who follow Jesus, we would rather be like this one, the one who finds our highest good in serving others. May God bless us with leaders like that. May we be leaders like that. And now may the light of God surround us, the love of God enfold us, the power of God protect us, the presence of God watch over us now and forevermore. Amen.